Hey everyone, welcome to episode seven of the Leadership Portraits podcast. This is the conversation created to inspire the leader in you. I'm very excited about uh, today's episode because I got to sit down with Jeff and Kari Patterson together. Jeff and Kari are co-leading Renew Church in Oregon City, a church plant that is about four years old. You can find out more about Renew Church at godrenews.us. Jeff is the pastor of Renew Church. Leadership and like the ability to listen, those are acquired skills if you would pursue wisdom. And so, yes, is a leader born? There's a divine deposit within someone that's like a seed in the soil, but it grows through a leader's made. And also a triathlete. He is currently preparing for the Half Ironman, raising funds for Team World Vision. So you can learn more about Jeff and also support him on his Half Ironman at dtheos.us. That is D-E- T-H-E-O-S.us. That's his blog. Kari Patterson is a well-known speaker, blogger, and writer of books. I genuinely want your very best in this situation. If I have reservations about something, you know that I am looking out for your good. And there's just so much... I I keep coming back to the word security, but there's so much security in that because I I do think the reason that we malfunction in leadership nine times out of 10 is just because of fear. Fear and insecurity, I feel threatened, so I've got to do it my way. You can find Kari's resources and also book her for speaking at karipatterson.com. And uh, probably my favorite book title that she has, and all of her books are available on Kindle, on Amazon, the title, Faithfully Frugal, Spend Less, Give More, and Live More. I think Kari is a a great speaker, great writer, and you're going to want to learn more about her. So head over to her blog, The Sacred Mundane, and learn more at karipatterson.com. I met them at their home. Beautiful million dollar view with a great wraparound deck. It was extremely green. We got to look out towards the uh, coast range across the Willamette Valley here in Oregon. And I was sitting at their kitchen table. We had uh, tea, uh, some kombucha, a beautiful open space, and you'll hear their kids, Dutch and Heidi, running around and sometimes vociferating in the background. Against, against boys. And Go for it, son. I mean, that's case in point. One of the reasons that I was really excited about today's conversation was because I got to talk to a couple that is leading something together. For anybody out there that has led anything, you know the unique challenges of leadership, but then leading something together, especially with somebody like your spouse, presents a whole new realm of strengths, but also challenges. So I got to sit down and ask them questions about how do you build and protect trust, and their answers were really fabulous. If you do uh, chip away at someone, specifically your spouse or the person that's in leadership, it's not just that you're chipping away at the person, you're chipping away at the people's ability to follow that person. So rather than me going, I'm right, you need to become like Mm -hmm. me, I need to go, that's interesting. Tell me, tell me more how you see this situation mm-hmm. and to learn from her. I just feel like there is an environment where I am free to fail and he's not going to make fun of me or bring something up in front of people. You know, there have been times where we haven't agreed, but I didn't hear from it first in front of other people. 
And also one of the questions I was really excited about, what are the unique challenges for that women face in leadership that men may not? This was great to hear both of their perspectives and honestly their answer really surprised me. But first we're gonna learn a little bit about the leadership journey that Jeff and Kari embarked on. How did it start? What were some of the major milestones? What were the encouragements? What were the discouragements that got them to where they're at today? But I think this is gonna be a really great time for us all. You're gonna learn a lot, so fasten your seatbelts. Let's jump into the conversation. My first exposure to you guys was you came to a retreat that a ministry I've been working with for many years, and you also worked with mm-hmm. uh, before my time, my yeah, predecessors, yeah. <laughs> um, at the Lake Shasta retreat for the Real Life College Ministry, and you guys were co-speaking, mm-hmm. co-teaching mm-hmm. at that retreat, like literally at the same time, like mm-hmm. you trade off mm-hmm. two microphones set up, mm-hmm. and it was an amazing experience and. But just the, just that you guys were standing sort of shoulder to shoulder, mm. trading off, you know, both voices speaking, not just as a married as a married couple, but just you know, a, a man and woman mm-hmm. both sort of sharing the stage at the same time, was really inspiring to me, and I, I was really moved just by by that visual, you know, mm. alone. So this season of your both of your lives together, um, you're leading. A church in Oregon City mm-hmm. called Renew, mm-hmm. Renew Church, Renew yeah. Church, and you've been doing that for how long? Three and a half years. Yeah, August is going to be four years. Yeah, wow. so coming up on four years later this summer. Yeah, and that's not a new thing for for you, um, as far as I understand. A little bit of your story, mm-hmm. Jeff. I mean, both of both mm-hmm. you, you and Kari worked on staff with Real Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we were out of college for three years. Three, three years. years. At the same time, we started the uh-huh. same. I'm a couple years old, but we started the same time. Two years into, I got married, but we served three years, and it was mm-hmm. it was awesome. It's I mean, we were in, I was in Corvallis for eight years total. You transitioned not to another ministry role, but <laughs> into a job first, and then to another church-related ministry. Yeah, position. Was it right? was it was circuitous. It was like. When you think of what's your ministry vocation journey, well, okay, I had this gap in my resume. But when you think of what's my leadership development Mm -hmm. journey, I wouldn't trade it for the world. We moved to another state for a ministry job at a church, but it wasn't exactly as advertised, so it fell through. And then... We like totally, you guys, you totally guys like, providential. Like, you guys yeah. were like driving with a U-Haul, yeah. and didn't you like? Oh, we already we moved there. You moved there, and then like moved back within like weeks. No, no, no we, we stayed. didn't move back. We so stayed. the encouragement oh. is after it kind of fell through, and they're like, yeah, it, it doesn't it's matter. forgiven, and yeah, it doesn't matter. It's over. But we decided, <laughs> you know, let's stick this out. The Father has something. God has something for us in this. And we were down there for ten months, and yeah. it was hard. We got random jobs and. Just trying to make ends meet. Was this in the San Francisco area? Yeah. Near, yeah, Bay Area. San Jose, mm-hmm. yeah. 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 But God worked things in us during that season that wow. have been fruitful for the whole, you know, it was 13 years ago, 12 years ago. Wow. Um, I still draw on that season of encouragement. Like, mm-hmm. it was so discouraging, and then it was so encouraging at the same time, mm-hmm. because it was part of the preparation of our mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. right? Wow. 
and, and we became anonymous. I mean, we felt shelved, we felt like oh, we yeah. weren't leaders, mm -hmm. we don't have influence, why did we go there? Mm -hmm. You know, why did I take my new bride here? I felt like a failure, even though there wasn't anything that took us out of ministry, other mm -hmm. than just providence and, and mm -hmm. the Father's like, He has plans for us. Mm -hmm. so. I remember clearly too, because that, um, that experience began a 50 month, I called it a 50 month season of silence. And we had been very. Did you say 15? 50. 50. F yeah, 5-0. Wow. Um, a 50 month season of silence. And we only lived down there for 10 months, but um, we moved back up to Oregon and we just worked odd jobs while we were going to seminary. But it was as mm -hmm. if, and the only way I know how to articulate it clearly is it was very much like we were shelved from leadership. Yeah. Um, and I still remember the night. I remember we lived in McMinnville. And you were reading, I feel like it's Ascent of a Leader? No, no. Uh, I'll, I'll think of it. Okay. Uh, Robert J. Clinton is the okay. one who wrote it, but The Making of a Leader. Making of a Leader. Chapter and, 2. Chapter 2. Yeah, and in it he talks about how every great, if you will, um, leader undergoes a season where God puts them on the shelf, a season of silence. And it was, that was so profoundly encouraging because I, up to that point we just thought, he had kicked us out. Like the Holy Spirit had just said, you're done. You're not going to lead. You're not going to be involved in ministry. And that really felt like a word from the Lord for us that this was a season of silence. We were shelved. You know, we weren't making that up. It was a real thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it was preparation for what he was going to call us to. So anyway, it lasted. We went back into vocational ministry, leadership specifically, um, 50 months the day. The day. Yeah. After that. It helped me identify with the average mm -hmm. person, not yeah. just the ministry person, mm -hmm. like these are the frustrations that everyone goes through, trying to make yeah. ends meet, yeah. being frustrated with their work. We were created in the beginning in the image of God to work, but our work frustrates us. So it's part of the fall. So we're trying to make sense of that. And the lessons were invaluable. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just, we were in this one place and then we moved up. It was, you know, four plus years mm -hmm. of just laying the foundation mm -hmm. and uh, together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. wow. yeah. So. And then you guys transitioned to some kind of like associate pastor yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. with the church in the area. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I worked uh, right years. here mm -hmm. across the river in Westland <clears throat> Church, uh, associate pastor. It was a good church. It was a medium-sized church that was really on its way growing mm -hmm. numerically, and they wanted like better like structure of leadership, and so I was just kind of a generalist. <laughs> so we were there for four years. Jeff was associate pastor for four years mm -hmm. before we planted our new church then. So that's the the journey was right. about right. it's about one and then four, four, four makes up our thirteen years. From the very beginning, like all the way back to that journey of like even working with real life, mm -hmm. was that a time where you maybe both of you had kind of clearly identified like, wow, I'm, I don't know if I would use the word call to leadership maybe at that time, but I'm excited about being a leader. I see myself as a leader. Was that already true for both of you or? Always, uh, I've been a reluctant leader. In terms of leadership and ministry, yeah, I didn't see myself as a leader necessarily, um, but there was a woman 
Darcy Sugai, who she really pursued me in terms of a discipleship relationship and said, I want you to lead. I want you to lead these women. I want you to disciple them. And and that just floored me. I thought, <laughs> there's no way. I'm not, I'm not called to do that. Um, but she stuck with it and she stuck with me. And she really was the initiator. Right, I mean, when right. I think back now, I'm more receptive to things like that. But at the time, I mean, I was really young. I didn't have a vision for ministry. And so it was kind of like, man, she's always calling me. She's, <laughs> she's always wanted to hang out. And um, that I don't, I, looking back, I don't know that I was overly uh, enthusiastic and receptive. And yet she continued to pursue me, which okay. is wow. very inspiring. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for her. That was my, my journey. Wow. Thank you for sharing. I was just capturing that moment because okay. this journey includes them back yeah. there that you can hear, our kids. I never saw myself as a leader. I always felt kind of like slighted or like there was always this chip on my shoulder. Maybe it's just the youngest of three sons. Like I always felt like I have to prove myself even if no one said it. And so when I became part of the church in, in college, really with actually with Campus Crusade, hmm. and I remember them like putting me up front like to be like the MC of a weekly meeting. Like I didn't, I didn't know. Like, what do I just say jokes? Like I didn't really know. And I look back on that. I was like, I don't know if I would have put me, that guy, you know, if it wasn't me, he didn't, he didn't have the character for the moment. And that's me. And, um, nor even probably the charisma for it, you know, the talent, but they saw a spark in me and poured you know, into me. And so that gave maybe a little bit of confidence, but also some competence, like, okay, I'm, I'm looked to to lead. And what it did is it made me like look at my life. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm leading, I can't be pretending. Mm -hmm. I need to be embracing embodying the gospel truths that I supposedly am talking about <laughs> and can't, you know, pretend here. 1999, uh, Camp Crusade, now called Crew, Half, halfway point or maybe pretty early on in the summer, the staff leave and they made me the project director. And I was like, what? So here I am, automatic, you know, in charge of this group, and I never thought of myself. So I and you're now you're at Oregon State. Mm -hmm. You're 20. I just turned, I guess, 21. 21. My 21st birthday that summer, and so it's during Junior. the summer, and I kind of just rose to the occasion, mm -hmm. and yeah. it wasn't really a speaking role per se. It was just a, a constant, steady leadership role, mm -hmm. and so I worked at McDonald's during the day, and then we just had our groups and our evening stuff. I think that gave me like a good experience yeah. without without like a mentor feedback, mm -hmm. I'd, they're, they're gone. Mm -hmm. But peer feedback mm -hmm. was really helpful. And I saw myself, I'm just one of them and I'm, they're looking to me for leadership. So yeah. looking back on that, you know, that was just mm -hmm. formational. Yeah. And then the, the, the call that asked to come into real life, I felt that call, even though I didn't know the specific of what I should do, I felt that call right before that on an internship for construction management. And I was offered the job like, hey, come back when you graduate and you'll work here. And before they got to the like, hey, this is what your benefits and there's your salary said, you guys have given me a great experience, but I'm going to go back and be a pastor. Well, I didn't have a job to be a pastor. So it's kind of a foolish thing to say, right? And and I wasn't my role when I came back, wasn't necessarily to be a pastor, but I felt that divine call, even though I didn't know the specifics of it. Yeah. 
my takeaway from you, Kari, was pursuing people in faith. Mm-hmm. How important it is for a leader to have faith, mm-hmm. you know, in the people that they're yeah, leading. Right. <laughs> um, and then the from you, Jeff, just the power of like taking risks on people. Yeah. In terms of yeah the the campus or now what is now crew leadership probably stood to look. I mean, at least foolish. Yeah. And that may be perhaps yeah. most negligent right. <laughs> in putting somebody yeah. up there that's like maybe not a good fit and who knows who he is really. And, and then also like what you said about the students or peers kind of giving mm-hmm. you feedback. What would it be like if we had a culture where feedback was just this normal celebrated, mm-hmm. you know, where was it? I mean, kind of almost like a culture of continual improvement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, absolutely. they're sort of hand in hand. I'd like to move on to another question, and I really appreciated what you guys had to say. What are the strengths and what are the challenges in, in co-leading something as a couple? And I, I want to make time for this question, especially just because mm-hmm. it's sort of a unique mm-hmm. experience for me getting to sit down and talk to you both at the same time who are kind of co-leading mm-hmm. you know, a ministry. My experience with, with getting to know you was seeing you guys kind of co-teach mm-hmm. at the Lake Shasta Retreat. And then not too long after that, uh, you came to Calvary Chapel Corvallis on a Sunday and did another co-teaching. Mm-hmm. So in my world, yeah. <laughs> that's all you guys ever yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, ever totally do. Right. You know? Yeah, it's a rare, rare moment yeah. to do that. I think um, it definitely is more challenging to lead something, to co-lead something. You know, I speak a lot and... Uh, don't, don't tiptoe around it. Just, no, just I mean, it. so speak, co-speaking together at an event is definitely harder. Just because you have to prepare together. We actually process and prepare to teach and speak very differently. I'm very linear. Jeff thinks more and I'm making big cloud circles with my hands. <laughs> I'm mind mapping. He thinks yeah. in mind mapping. He thinks yeah, in spatial. Yeah. yeah, and I am very linear. I have a terrible tendency toward overuse of alliteration and I like bullet points. Um, Jeff sort of is going around in wavy circles and meandering um, and different people connect in different. (laughs) So so when we speak together, she writes it and then I have like my, my little boxes that I get it scribbled. So just because we, which is great. I actually think that's a strength. I think it, it enables us to connect with a much wider range of people. And the joy of it is that Jeff always prefers me because, you know, coming into a Sunday morning gathering, I am the component that's unusual. That's unusual. I am the component that's unusual. If we can just be so honest as to state that, okay? we can just sure. be so honest as to state that, okay? And you, so, you mean like in the upfront, like yeah. speaking, teaching kind of Right, right. yeah. Uh, the fact that he uh, prefers me and honors me and defers even to me some when we speak publicly makes it easier for me to feel comfortable, first of all, but it also, I think, is a beautiful example for men to see that it is okay, you don't have to be scared. Um, and that's some of the feedback we've gotten as an example to see that it's not a scary thing to let my wife say something. Strengths are that we are wired incredibly differently. We communicate differently, we process differently. We, we genuinely 
appreciate each other's differences mm. in leadership style and teaching style. And it's not just in teaching style. Like yeah. she enters a room and thinks the best about everyone there. Mm. I instantly know the worst about everyone, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, just that's the default fallenness in me. And and if I were to go, Kari, don't you see it? All the, and try to convince her of my view. That would just poison her well. So rather than me going, I'm right, you need to become like me. I need to go, that's interesting. Tell me tell me more how you see this situation. And to learn from her, um, and it becomes this give and take. So when we go to speak, for example, because that's something we get to do publicly from time to time, I insist there are two equal the platforms or whatever podiums mm -hmm. it's not just like i'm talking and she's sharing or mm -hmm. i'm teaching she's sharing like we will speak together and the authority is as a covenant couple mm -hmm. that we're in this together wow. uh and so when they go well you know you're the pastor and preacher i was like listen she's better at this than i am <laughs> these notes down here she's written most of them we talk through theology we talk through like the intent of it we work on i'm not so good at landing the plane so to speak and so we i ask her all the time is this is this good is this right is this helpful does this apply to people because i have all kinds of ideas and hopefully tied to the scripture but it's more time consuming to prepare like that because if we were just can complete each other's sentences without thinking about it then we could just work on a document together and just kind of mail it in. It's labor intensive mm -hmm. and there's a lot of preparation. There's going back and forth and um, mm -hmm. a lot of things don't make it, you know, off the editing you know, floor mm -hmm. kind of thing. So. The joy has been, I think, that we finally genuinely see the strength of the other person's temperament. And he would call himself, believe the worst. That isn't true. It's that he's discerning and very, very wise. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like when we're asking the question, what are the strengths, what are the challenges of co-leading something, it's actually like the same, what I'm hearing you guys say. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. the, 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 the ch what was a challenge mm -hmm. is actually the strength. Mm -hmm. We've learned to like create space mm -hmm. for, for us each to be ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the result is... Is, and what I wrote down here, a broader leadership equals a broader audience. Mm -hmm. what, I, what we're producing yeah. together is capable of effectively reaching a, a larger mm -hmm. sort of swath mm -hmm. of you know, culture mm -hmm. than either one of you would be able to yeah. do alone. What are some ways that you guys cultivated that or kind of like actively protect that mm -hmm. dynamic of trust? I will say that pastors have, are sort of notorious for the things they say from the pulpit, making fun or poking fun or in jest at their family or people. I and think everybody listening to this probably can resonate. I, okay, yeah, okay. I'm, like, think I'm not of trying a scenario. to make this up, yeah. but <laughs> there have been so many times that I've just thought, oh, you know. <laughs> well, I've been not, speaking. Yeah. And, and I, I'm not exaggerating. In 13 years, I've never had an experience where I have felt embarrassed or uncomfortable by anything that Jeff has ever said about me or about our children or anything about our private life. And so to me, I just feel like there is an environment where I, I am free to fail. I'm free to be me and he's not going to 
to make fun of me or bring something up in front of people. Just in terms of how you represent each other publicly, yeah. I do think is huge. Yeah. And he has always represented me and our family in a way that blesses me publicly. That makes me feel very safe. And thanks for saying that. And I think it goes both ways. I mean, Kari has a blog. She's finishing up manuscript for a book like those are words that you know live you know we all die but the internet lasts forever kind That's of thing. true so well i don't want us to be embarrassed right mm -hmm. and so but we're not and so part of it we've embraced a culture of vulnerability mm -hmm. like i can share my worst moments mm -hmm. i don't have to fear there's no more shame in christ there's no fear in my death there's no shame in christ in this life and so it's all right to share my quirks and my troubles and my problems. And, and obviously if Kari were sharing something that was secret and not yet private, well then she wouldn't go public with it. We'll constantly, hey, do you mind if I share this story? Mm -hmm. You know, do you mind if I share this story? And because we think it will be helpful for people, mm -hmm. right? You only share a story because you want it to be helpful mm -hmm. for people. And I think that people like to follow a leader who doesn't pretend to have it all together. Mm -hmm. So if you guys were sitting down and talking to a couple that was going to embark on a journey doing something similar to what you guys are doing right now where you're influencing, mm -hmm. leading, teaching mm -hmm. together sometimes mm -hmm. and sometimes separately. What do you guys think that advice you'd give them? Yeah. I think it's you do it based on passion and gifting in terms of what you do mm -hmm. rather than the predefined roles. Mm -hmm. Kari is not the pastor's wife, right? There's no, there's no, <clears throat> she is the wife of a pastor, mm -hmm. but she's Jeff's wife. Mm -hmm. And that has now freed her up. And I hope she'll say mm -hmm. something about that. But now we, she's willing to do anything in the service of other people, mm -hmm. but not just because she's the pastor's wife. It's because of Christ in her right. and who she is right. as a person. Right. And, mm -hmm. and then I think that now frees us up as a team to figure out where are her passions and her gifts and how can she go? Making role decisions based on gifting um, hmm. is huge, I think. And that is kind of passionate about that too. <laughs> Just understanding the difference between office and gifting yeah. and giving people of both genders the freedom to use their gifts. Mm -hmm. um, I would say if I was sitting down with a couple and wanting to give them a couple bullet points, um, and I already mentioned this, but I would say that number one is honor each other in public mm. just you can't underestimate um overestimate the damage that's done when you belittle each other or mm. question each other or chip away at each other mm -hmm. in front of others mm -hmm. and um you it's not just that you're chipping away at that person you're chipping away at the people's at people's ability to follow that person as a leader oh, and go. so you're damaging people it's not just that you're damaging your husband or your wife or if you do uh, chip away at there someone you specifically your spouse or the person that's in leadership it's not just that you're chipping away at the person you are you're you're chipping away at the people's ability to follow that person wow. um, so you're not just that's damaging a, that's, a, that's a big idea that person huge yeah. yeah you're damaging the movement you're damaging the kingdom you're damaging and it's not about them following that person we all understand that it's about the ability to follow a God appointed leader right. Right. into godliness, into movement in the kingdom. Um, and so, you know, that has not been without its challenges, right. to be honest. Church planting, we don't have a clue, you know. <laughs> we do it different. We did not have a clue. And so many times, you know, maybe I would have done things differently or 
I wanted to go a different route and yet to stand by, for me, to stand by his decisions publicly all the time and honor him in every conversation, in every circumstance, I do believe that my role in our church plant supporting him has established him as a very strong yep. leader. You know, there have been times where we haven't agreed, but I didn't hear from it first in front of other people. Right? She mm-hmm. held herself, held the words, and she said, you know, hey, can we talk about that? And at first we used to do it every Sunday night, and then I was just, you know, I just can't handle, you know, handle this. And it was, you know, that was my issue. Uh, but we figured out, and I think we're back on our mm-hmm. routine, of our regular times, of our sync, synchronize, where it's everything. It's everything from, you know, what do you think about this? And she doesn't have to clamor for that. And hopefully I've responded, you know, enough and often to those things that she knows that those aren't falling on death ears. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's really smart because sometimes when we respond to something that actually offended us in the moment, yeah. it's like way out of proportion totally. and it allows yeah. you some time to kind of think, is this really yeah. that significant? Is yeah. this worthwhile enough to make a big issue about, you know? It's yeah. de- definitely a learned skill and one that we didn't start with. Yeah. And it's like, why are things not going? And, and like, this was meant to be put in this drawer until yeah. the appropriate yeah. time that we take it out and we both yeah. talk about it. Oh, yeah. Wow. For me, knowing that I have a space and a place wow. where I am heard, specifically with the church plant, you know, I would have feedback from the service or the sermon or different things and just share it at the worst time, you know, just <laughs> right afterwards yeah, or, you know, right. and, and pour, I mean, anybody who pours their heart out speaking or leading is vulnerable right oh, yeah. afterwards. And so don't ever, you know, give that. So having the sync time has been hugely helpful. So I'll just write myself a note to bring it up when he's not so mm-hmm. emotionally spent. It isn't fair. It isn't fair to somebody pour out their life and then just go, I didn't understand point number three. It was terrible. Oh, yeah. Neither did I. I was tired (laughs) of that. I don't even know what I said. Tell me what I said. (laughs) Well, I I think a couple other takeaways. If you have an inability to listen Mm -hmm. or an inability to learn, from you know people that are trying to help give you feedback and trying to speak into your life. I mean, your leadership is going to be so. Then you have an inability. Say it, say it. You have an inability to lead. Yes. Yeah. To actually lead. If you, you can't, if you can't learn, and you can't listen to other people, yeah. mm-hmm. you just you really actually are not leading. You can't lead. You're just holding on to a title. Yeah. And then on the positive side, diligently listening and diligently taking that posture of a learner must make me a better leader. I can't do those things and not expect to become a better leader. The better I can become a learner and listener, the better leader I can become. Well, I wanted to take a minute and create a little more space to digest some of what Jeff and Kari shared with us about protecting trust in their relationship. I appreciated how Kari brought out some of these points. She said that she trusts that Jeff will never misrepresent her or their family in public. So that really creates that sense for her of it's a safe place for me to fail in private. From Jeff's perspective, I appreciated how he said we really strive to honor each other in public. So 
It's not only that I'm trying to avoid presenting people in a negative light, but I'm proactively looking for opportunities to express honor for the other person, in this case, Kari, in public. So what about you? Are you actively creating and protecting trust in your close relationships? A lot of the tools that Jeff and Kari have uh, presented us with are going to be fantastically helpful to strengthen your relationships, help you learn how to build and protect trust, and how to become an excellent leader. All right, well, let's jump back into our conversation with Jeff and Kari Patterson. question here and the question is what unique challenges uh, face women in leadership which men may not experience even as I'm asking this question I'm kind of realizing like you, you guys both experience this in a different you're both it's like not like Jeff doesn't experience this you, you guys both experience the same thing just in a different way somehow you know there's fear about two genders working together mm-hmm. and what bad things can happen with mm-hmm. that. I do feel like that is an obstacle. I have felt people seeing you as a danger because of Now, what, what would that danger be? What would, in your mind, like, when pe- somebody's like, she could be a danger, like, what do you think that well, is being challenged or jeopardized to them? Specifically, like, the um, immorality danger with men and women working together. So we have kids present oh, in yeah. the room so as we're talking. Right. Right. So we're thinking of like Proverbs 5. So if you're listening sure. ahead, we have yeah. kids present in the room. We're thinking of themes that come up in Proverbs 5 that are like an allurement, an enticement, and it's like she's the problem. Mm-hmm. So what can happen in this male-dominated culture is you see men aren't the problem who use and misuse yeah. and abuse right, and, right, right, right. and put poor things in front of their eyes. Mm-hmm. It's the women of the problem. Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. Specifically in younger years, I Mm. felt like there was, in different situations, like um, a resistance toward being involved in leadership because of being a blonde female. Yeah, being being beautiful and being talented and and being present. So... I know other, I actually know other women that have experienced okay, so, that same kind of yeah. like you know the uh, people would constantly be talking to them about modesty and they're like totally fine and these girls are just shocked yeah like it's almost like I can't even show up in this environment yeah. nothing I do and kind mm-hmm. of devastated yeah, yeah. Like, what because do I do is it my fault they're young they're yeah. vibrant they're talented yeah. they're beautiful and people are like scared Interesting. I think that's real. And wow. obviously I don't face that as much anymore because so I'm old. But but like in younger years, that, that I would say was the most challenging thing. I really wanted to ask you guys about a, a facet of this question. Mm-hmm. The context of the question is very proverbial sort of like proverbs 31 where solomon's mom is speaking to him and she's giving him this kind of kingly advice and she says you know uh, speak up for those who can't speak mm-hmm. for themselves yeah. in, in the in in terms yeah. of bringing balance mm-hmm. you know to seeing there be a healthy mm-hmm. place for women and men mm-hmm. to co-lead mm-hmm. co-reign mm-hmm. 
co you know function together what would be like a couple pieces of advice wisdom takeaway mm-hmm. that you guys would give specifically even to men mm-hmm. yeah. about how you yeah. can help yeah. this healthy space emerge mm-hmm. in your sphere one thing and and again this is speaking to kind of the topic we just we just talked on but i want men to know what they do in private affects every relationship yes. and so what i'm saying is as men objectification and misuse of women incredibly damages your ability to lead together well and it is not separate it will impact every relationship and so i personally think that that is one of the reasons why jeff is such an incredible leader is because he walks in me so anyway i think that that is i think that specifically talking about pornography but i think that that damages the male female ability to lead together more than anything else and this is like thank you i'm glad you said that so this is like a foundation and you're like, well, we're just talking about, you know, being paid the same. Mm-hmm. No, this is a foundation. If I look, think of others mm-hmm. as lesser than me, yeah. something mm-hmm. to be consumed, mm-hmm. I will not elevate them right. or anyone like them, right? And so in a patriarchal society, all men can get away with this mm-hmm. and they think, oh, it's no big deal. Everyone struggles with it. It's, so, a, it's a victimless, mm-hmm. air quotes, yeah, right. victimless crime. crime. And, and it's such a lie. We have to see the connection between violence against women around the globe, yeah. marginalization against women, sexual assault against mm-hmm. women on the college campus. It happens against men as well, but on the college campus, it happens you against boys. Go for it, son. Right? I mean, that's case in point. That they have the freedom to just be kids in a safe environment, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Boy, girl, just yeah. they're equal and they love it. Like, I want my daughter to grow up. She's she's equal as made in the image of God as as has her brother, and she's not lesser because she's a girl, right? And and partly because her dad and her brother value women in every mm-hmm. facet. There you go. Right? And this, it's, you know, there's this movement, you know, it's on us. Mm-hmm. You've heard that, you know, and it's like, what are they gonna change? They're gonna change a lot because we have to be willing to recognize that it's on us. Mm-hmm. It's not a woman's job or a victim's job in a situation to change it. Yeah. It's what, coming back to what you said, it's up to the kings and the princes and those who are, are in leadership to say, it's on us. Mm-hmm. We need to be a part of the solution and not contribute to the problem. How important my internal world is. Yeah. That's where leadership really starts. Yeah. And if in if what I'm feeding myself mm-hmm. is this like ultra biased, objectified, really dehumanized mm-hmm. version of what women mm-hmm. are, mm-hmm. who they are, what womanhood even yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only am I going to lose an appreciation for womanhood, mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my appreciation for manhood too. Yeah. I lose. I can't have only one right. half mm-hmm. and have it and have the whole half. Yeah. I have to have the whole thing, or I get nothing. Wow, that's that's so. I was so unexpected. I did not yeah, even I, expect. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah, good question. Wow. Um, 
Thank you guys so much. This has been an incredibly helpful conversation for me personally. Yeah. Thank you Thanks for coming. For Thank you for entering our world. Thank yeah. you for entering the, you know, the different worlds of the kids running around and um, thank you all for listening, listening. And Lee, you said something to me many months ago. You said this generation <laughs> has the special opportunity to be the most relationally connected. I don't know if those were the exact words, but that's what I took from it. And and it's not just you know this generation, you know your generation or mine, slightly older. We're, um, we're part of the same. We're part of the same generation. Yeah. You know, I got more gray hair, but <laughs> the leadership and like the ability to listen. Mm. Those are acquired skills if you would pursue wisdom. Mm. And so, yes, is a leader born? Well, yeah, there's a divine deposit within someone that's like a seed in the soil, but it grows through a leader's made. Mm. So, mm-hmm. just as Darcy went across the room multiple times and in- encouraged and influenced Kari, and many people have done that to me as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all part of the stories together. And so I just want to encourage people, like, you may not see yourself as a leader, but someone looks to you for leadership. Yes. And because they look to to you for leadership, you're responsible for their development. Yes. Right? And the same thing. You, who do you look to for leadership and ask them how can you become responsible for my journey you know not just as a leader on a human level but as a follower of Jesus on the spiritual level hmm. well I really appreciate thank that you. thanks guys thank you yeah thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the leadership portraits podcast If you thought that this conversation was encouraging, uh, gave you some great ideas, created uh, an opportunity uh, for you to grow, I would love uh, your help in getting the word out. If you think of somebody that this podcast would encourage, go ahead and share it with them. Also, what would be really helpful for me is if you would leave a comment or rating for this podcast on iTunes. That would just help other people be able to find it easier. Thank you so much to those of you who have given me comments about what you liked, uh, suggestions to improve on. Help connect me with people that would be great to interview for future episodes. So I really appreciate that. I take that to heart. No comment goes overlooked. So uh, you can send me an email, you can send me a text, you can do whatever, assuming you have my phone number. And I really appreciate that. Hey, great feedback is hard to find, and I treasure that more than gold. A few great quotes from this episode. I love how Jeff said, our title should follow the character that we have. And I really appreciated how Kari brought out this idea of chipping away at people. How she said that public dishonor is chipping away at people's ability to follow another person. Wow, that was just such a compelling idea to me. Making me recognize that how I treat another person in public doesn't just affect our relationship, but it affects their relationship with the other people that witness how I treat them. All right, well, got a lot more quotes for you from this podcast. They will be in the show notes. You can find those on iTunes or over at SoundCloud. Also, some of the resources they mentioned, books, all of their contact info, everything will be in the show notes. So if you'd like more information or want to connect with them more, you can find those in the notes. All right. Thank you guys so much for your time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following along with me on my journey with Leadership Portraits. Until next time, may the leader in you be inspired. Take care.